I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're going to be here until uh, 11 o'clock this morning. Thank you for getting online with us. 1-800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC are the numbers. Bob is Bob Shorey. He's one of the MCSEs here at Tab. He helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Having a few technical difficulties. Of course, anytime you leave a Microsoft computer off for three weeks, right, uh, and then you turn it on and you want to actually use it for work and business, well, what does it do? Updates. Yeah, updates. Freezes. <laughs> you know, decides, well, I'll let you work, Eric, when we're ready. So our, our Facebook Live uh, broadcast is a little kludgy right now. It's Our updates are more important than your work. Exactly. We don't care you want to get something done this morning. Um, this computer must do some sort of security update because, you know, somebody in China is trying to get in. Um, so the Facebook Live broadcast, I think the audio is running, but our video is a little bizarre. Um, check us out over at uh, <laughs> WTIC's Facebook page. It's good to be back. Uh, uh, I spent a couple uh, weeks in Florida, and uh, lovely Florida, where where they know what they're doing down there, I'll tell you. And uh, the weather was amazing, and uh, now I'm back to nice May weather in Connecticut, which feels like, I don't know, February. <laughs> uh, but it is what it is, and uh, happy to be back. Uh, and uh, we missed. I missed you guys. I uh, love chatting with you guys about your computer problems and issues. So uh, I know uh, Bob and I are chomping to get at the bit here to talk about what's going on in the news. And in the news, um, something I've been talking about since COVID started. You know, one of the things that I like to do is to try to find context. Right? You know, when whole, when COVID started and all um, folks were being impacted by it, I was curious to know what the leading causes of death were in America. And uh, one and two are heart disease and cancer. Those are pretty easy ones to understand. But uh, John, Johns Hopkins has been doing studies on this since 2016. And the, the third leading cause of death in, uh, in America to the tune of a quarter million people or more, in cases up to 400,000 per year, Bob, per year, are medical errors. Not malpractice, just errors, mistakes. Third leading cause of death. It's a pretty big number, you know? I mean, if you think about it compared to COVID, you might want to say to yourself, maybe I shouldn't go to my doctor. I'm not advocating that. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, the reason I bring it up today is because technology is going to try to help doctors. 
Um, and it's basically, they're calling it a spell check for doctors. And uh, there's, a, there's a company out there called MedAware, and it's hoping to combat these grim statistics that I just gave you with AI. And it's a part of a growing number of developers that are trying to work to reduce the number of medical errors that are caused by doctors making mistakes. Errors like prescribing Viagra to a two-year-old. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Um, or uh, fertility drugs to an 85-year-old. So basically, thanks to uh, med uh, electronic medical records, which is still really not perfected, um, and it was pretty much introduced when I began my career in IT in the early 90s, uh, the, the idea of uh, electronic medical record was something that was going to be something we're all we're going to have way by now. It's still a little bit of a problem, and they're using this technology, electronic medical records, to actually try to look at prescriptions uh, that doctors are making in error and trying to see if the drugs that are being prescribed are going to, I don't know, kill you in some cases. Um, and they're saying that basically by trying to get some of this technology in place, they can actually reduce the medical error. Uh, basically, 80% of these errors are preventable, and they're hoping to prevent 80% of them. So imagine all the folks that are dying every year, quarter million or more, to medical errors, third leading cause of death in America. Uh, maybe we can use AI and technology to try to help uh, these errors uh, from being from occurring. Uh, my, my my brother and I were on vacation in Florida, and one of the discussions we had was, you know, what do you call uh, uh, a, a doctor who has gone through medical school but is at the bottom of his class? A doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, you know, the, you're hoping to get somebody who knows what he's doing or she's doing. Um, but these, these folks, you know, there's, there's not everybody can be number one. And, uh, clearly based on what Johns Hopkins has seen and what's out there, you know, we have a lot of concerns still to deal with, with simple medical errors. And if, if we can use AI and technology. Now, the other concern is if you've heard the show at all, I don't trust geeks to solve these problems. I mean, let's look at Microsoft for crying out loud. So, so basically, you're hoping to find medical practitioners who are also geeks involved in this, and not just geeks. Period. Because having a geek try to fix this, that's not so smart at all. But um, I'm sure that this type of technology is going to be implemented by folks who are in the medical fields who have seen these errors and are going to try to use AI to fix to fix them and prevent these errors. So we'll put a link up here from ZDNet. It's a pretty interesting article, and. Um, Hopefully, it's going to save a lot. It should save a lot of lives, considering the the uh, alternative. What do you got, Bob? Oh, I got a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Okay. This is pretty interesting. NASA solar probe zooms past Venus and smashes two wild space records. Nice. Again. All right. The Parker solar probe works. It uh, it makes it and does it better, faster, and stronger. It's called works, or is it works? No. It does work. Solar probe works it, oh. makes it, does it better, <laughs> there we faster, go. stronger. <laughs> it's like the $6 million man. There we go. <laughs> okay. uh, yep. That'd be right. what, the $6 trillion man uh, today, wouldn't it? <laughs> a trillion, who knows, bazillion we're going to be into next, gazillion. Yeah, gazillion, whatever. Yep. Right now, you know, we're going to need uh, wheelbarrows pretty soon to 
carry the cash. Oh, we're going to go to a cashless society. Oh, yeah. never mind. <laughs> it will be lighter. You're right. We won't eat wheelbarrows. <laughs> and we'll do it by your thumbprint or fingerprint yeah. or face it's just recognition. A, it'll all be a bunch of zeros, but go ahead. So your evil twin can steal all your money. <laughs> uh. So right now, NASA's Parker Solar Probe, a diminutive, scorch-proof spacecraft about the size of a small car, is practically touching the sun. Nice. And it smashed two wild records, dethroning the previous champion, which also happened to be NASA's Parker Space Probe. The probe, which launched in August of 2018 on a mission to study the sun, has been flying ever closer to our solar system's furnace using the planet Venus as a slingshot. All right. On April 29th, during its closest approach to the sun, known as Perhelion, Parker was uh, traveling at an almost unfathomable speed, enough to circle the Earth 13 times in a single hour. Woof. That's pretty fast. Yeah. And, um, but those records have now been surpassed. The new record stands at fastest human-made object, 330,000 miles per hour. All right. Or uh, then the closest spacecraft to the sun, 6.5 million miles. Gotcha. So that's, uh, yeah. Those are some serious yeah. records, all right. Anyway, so those are some strong records. Parker is uh, already revealing some of the sun's great mysteries. In December 2019, Parker's first batch of data released in the prestigious journal Nature, pulling back the incredibly bright curtain on the charged particles and plasma dynamics in the sun's outer atmosphere. All right. So Very cool. We'll learn about the sun. Yeah, and what we can do as, a, as humans, it's pretty neat. Yeah. Breaking records. Yep. Very good to know. In other news, you guys probably remember what happened uh, in March with Microsoft and Exchange servers. Uh, I was pretty upset about it and talked about it in March. How basically Microsoft had a hole, a wide open door, a barn door wide open for a decade uh, on Exchange servers, where uh, the bad guys finally found that information and tried to leverage it and put you know put a remote execution shell on companies' exchange servers so they could come back later and try to deliver malware, ransomware, try to cause all sorts of hell. Well, the FBI did something unprecedented. Um, They obtained a court order that that allowed it, the FBI, to remove a back door from those servers for you. So there's, of course, many, 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 many hundreds of thousands of companies that use exchange server. And uh, when this issue occurred, the bad guys were able to simply dial up IP addresses. And if the server responded back saying kind of like, hello, I'm an exchange server, the bad guys could automatically load this little doorway and come back later. You know, they'd note the IP address and say, okay, such and such, you know, Acme company there has a exchange server and I put my little remote door on there and I'll come back later and cause, cause hell for them. And the FBI got a court order to actually use the same technology the bad guys were using because Microsoft left the door open. Guys, Microsoft left it open, okay, Uh, wide open for a decade. And we're able to utilize the same technology that the bad guys were using to go in and remove the door, close it, sort of. They could remove what the bad guys were putting on. So they received a court order to reach into your server where the bad guys had placed the package, and remove it. It didn't solve the issue. It didn't patch the issue. They were not allowed to do that because, trust me, that's a big problem and a big job. (laughs) We lived it uh, to patch the the hole that was given by uh, 
put out there by Microsoft. But they were allowed to save American companies from this issue because it can be automated. That's the beauty of it. And then the FBI would let the companies know or the ISPs know, hey, we did this. They also took as evidence what they found, which they were allowed to take, which was that little shell on the server. So it's controversial because it's the first time the FBI or the government itself went in and actually went to companies, servers that were sitting there wide open and removed something from their servers without their permission. Right, The court order allowed them to do this. Now, some of you might be like, well, geez, I don't like that, Eric. That's not good. That's a bad thing. You know, What's the government doing reaching into my servers? Look, if the government, if, if a cop is walking down your neighborhood and sees your front door wide open, just blown open, cop knows you're not home because he's a you know, your friendly neighborhood police officer. And if he walks up and closes your front door for you and makes sure it's locked, wouldn't you like to have that happen? Hmm. You wouldn't want him to leave the door wide open. Or if he happened to notice... A stick of dynamite in your front door, just going, you know, ready to explode, and he's ready to take it and get rid of it for you. Wouldn't you want that that police officer to, to, to go ahead and remove that from your systems? That's what the FBI did. So I don't really see it as controversial because Microsoft literally left it wide open. What I do see as controversial is why Microsoft is not um, being held responsible more for the pain and suffering of that crappy software they keep putting out for us. I'm getting tired of it, sick and tired of it. Well, how about Microsoft reimbursing the government for the amount of time the government put into going and removing the package? Or how about the companies that had to, to, to fix it? I mean, talk about you know a warranty on your software. This has been a problem for 10 years, but yeah, Microsoft could be doing that. But no, of course, what they're working on is trying to offer the government their cloud-based solutions to host our government technologies. Hmm, that doesn't sound like a really good idea, does it? Yeah. <laughs> Seems like everybody in the world would know where the back doors are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but we won't go there. But we'll put a link up here for this article, and you can read it for yourself. Frankly, I think it's a good idea that, that the FBI did what they did because there's just not enough geeks out there to do the updates and patching that was required thanks to Microsoft's hole. I mean, literally, imagine – put it, put this in a different perspective. Imagine you're a car dealer. And you have sold, uh, you know, eight years worth of Hondas or, or Chevys or whatever, and all of them at the same time would no longer start. Every single one of them, hundreds and thousands of cars would stop. Do you have enough technicians to fix them all at the same time? No, there's not enough auto mechanics to do that. So if the FBI could help you, you would you'd accept it. We geeks were happy they were out there. We America's. Companies were happy they were out there doing this. So I'm glad they did this. Obviously, we have to be careful as far as privacy and the technology that was out there. But the, the door was left wide open by Microsoft. All the FBI did was try to close it. And we should thank them for that. So I'll put a link up there for you guys. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. I've got some work to do to see why the, uh, the Facebook Live is doing what it's doing. I probably have to reboot and start it over again. Thanks, Microsoft. It's the when you guys call in, we'll just tell you to reboot as well. One eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. Get online. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric, and I'm Bob. And we're going to be here till eleven o'clock. We are live, local here in Connecticut. But our ironically, our first call is from Clark in Idaho. <laughs> so let's get Clark on the air. Are you there, Clark? Yeah, I'm here. If anyone can steer me in the right direction, you guys can. I've been listening to you guys for years. 
Well, lovely. Are you a Connecticut native that went to Idaho? No, no. I just I just found you years ago, and I've been listening ever since. Well, thank you very much, sir. Well, how can we well, help I'm you? I'm not sleeping, but... Yeah, I, well, yeah, it is kind of early out there now, right? Yeah. Anyway, I got B-SOT problems, like all kinds of them. It just constantly happens to me. What happens to you? B-SOT, Goose Queen of Death. Oh, okay. Yep, yeah, B-S-O-D, yep. And so... Uh, I, I think it's originating from the 2019 office, which is the worst office they've ever had for guys like me because there's all kinds of issues that cause me big grief. Mm-hmm. And I first had a B-SOD a few months ago, and it was a office problem. I found an Internet solution. Yep. But now I get them regularly. At one point, it was happening every 15 minutes or every hour. I did all the Internet solutions including the one that Microsoft said would crash my computer three times. Right. That was stupid. That was wrong because it wasn't the way you need. You could get into safe mode a lot easier than than ruining your computer and messing. Because my, my, there's a newer computer and my warp drives have only, only been broken in. Yeah. And now I had a fan rattling after all that. So I've tried all the internet solutions and I get, you know, occasional uh, blue screens now like, well, uh, yesterday I got one. I went 24 hours. I didn't get one. I go, wow. And then <laughs> it hasn't, it hasn't, hasn't crashed since. And basically I get the error message of, uh, of service exemption and bad object header. My last one was, uh, failed W win 32 K full, full system with the, uh, service exception. Yep. So, do you have a Kyocera printer? Does this happen when you try to print? No. I mm. don't have a printer connected to this computer. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's been a it's pretty a common issue lately. It's a basically a, it's a work it's a workstation. Uh, we built it, my daughter and I built it in December 2019. It took two hours. It took me a day and I had to figure out that I could only put two sticks of RAM with the flavor RAM I put in there, but since I've had some BIOS updates, and I can go back to four sticks now if I need to. Okay. Basically, you got an 8-core processor, Ryzen 7, with uh, 16 gigs of RAM. So it's it's yeah. a nice uh, workstation. Well, some of these could be... Uh, so since you built it, you could have a component issue or a hardware issue. Um, you could have a memory problem. Um, have you tried pulling out some of your RAM and swapping it around to see if you get a more stable system by by trying to figure yeah, out if you've got I bad did RAM? I that, but it's only happened recently. And mm-hmm. I'm also thinking it might be one of the peripherals because I mean, I got everything's legitimate on the computer. Uh, I got, except for, you know, I get uh, thrift store screens and uh, keyboards. <laughs> Right, so you get nothing really going on there as far as anything weird. Well, I know we're coming up against a heartbreak, even though I don't see the outro. I think I hear the outro, so I think my, Matt is uh, a little out of practice on our show. <laughs> but um, we're going to have to go back and take a look at this. Can you stay on uh, over the break because we're coming up against a heartbreak here, Clark? Yeah, I can. Appreciate Great. that. Yeah, we're going to stay. Have, we'll stay on with you, and we'll try to find some answers for you. We're going to have to go out to a break here for the news. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. So we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we are here, both of us, live. And we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. And there are still no Connecticut calls. But we do have a call from Clark in Idaho, who's been listening for years. Um, and we do appreciate that, Clark. And uh, we've well, been doing. I appreciate you guys. 
Well, thanks, thanks. We've been doing some research on your blue screen of death issues, and uh, Bob thinks he has some ideas. What do you think about what's going on, Bob? Yeah, the fact that you said it was, or I think uh, thought I heard you say it, you uh, got the uh, blue screen of death, and it said uh, what failed was uh, Win32KFUL.sys. That was my last failure. I tried to write it down. I think that's what it says. Yep. So, yeah, that's pretty common. And um, I gave uh, Mike a, a link to put up how to remove uh, its KB5000802808. Uh, 822 and 809. Those are all Microsoft patches. That's the sad part. And they, they caused that. Now, the odds are only one of those four is actually on there. I've never found uh, 822 or 809, but if eight, uh, 802 was on, and that was usually the culprit. If it wasn't there, and it was usually 808. So, so and we're then after you're done, install it and reboot. Typically, the problem goes away. Typically. Sometimes those get reinstalled. I've seen that. You know, right. And then you had to remove them again. But usually a subsequent update fixes the problem. Yeah, I've, I've, up, I've made sure I updated the computer and I updated all the drivers. And I did have one error message that said driver IRQL not less equal. And I've updated all the drivers, though, on the BIOS I updated. Yeah. Well, the problem is this is not, isn't a driver issue. You've got to uninstall the update. Yeah, we've got a lot of Microsoft Blue Screen of Death issues lately. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you, Microsoft. Yeah, really. Thank you. Thank you, Microsoft. Can I have another is really how you feel. <laughs> um, it's just the paddle they use is much larger than the old, the old days. Um, so, yeah. you know, what we're dealing with is just poor quality control from Microsoft. And uh, again, what are we going to do? We're here with some of the uh, the actual updates you need to remove. Of course, you can always set your systems to try to delay some of these updates as far out as you can, um, so you're not impacted as often. <laughs> but inevitably, yeah. they will update. Well, I had it on 30 day delay. I took that off. Okay. Because I thought, you know, that will that will give them time to fix their updates before I get it. Right. But. But, oh, well. Oh, by the way, it's not yeah. necessary to crash your computer. You can go to, you can get the system restored by a, a recovery event startup. Correct. <laughs> yes, yeah, Bob and I had a couple discussions about that past shows. Uh, you know, we, we did find there's about eight different options. The, 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 uh, the crashing the, it is the, the most. The website, uh, Microsoft website said crash your computer three times. Yes, that is a way, and that's what Bob talked about too. Yes, ironically, Microsoft themselves even say to crash your own system, which which is ridiculous. So I wasn't happy about that because I on the second crash it started booted up, and, it, and I already started crashing it again. I crashed my computer a lot more than I wanted. And right, like I says my warp drives has just barely been broken yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, hopefully this helps you, Clark, and um, let us know. So uh, thank you for checking link, in. How do I find that link? Over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. Computertalkwithtab.com. With tab. Yep. I don't we'll be think a, I've been on that, but I'll, yep. I'll find it. Check it out. We, we also have a podcast, so you don't have to actually listen to us live. You can actually you know sleep a little bit and then listen to the podcast later. <laughs> that happens more than I want to admit. <laughs> That you're listening oh, live? Don't. Well, no, I go to your the Facebook, but then I like to listen to on Audacity because that's live. 
Yeah. Okay, very good. Well, we're glad you're there. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Clark. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. So, uh, yeah, a caller from Idaho. Let's go on to uh, Bruce in Colchester with a question. What's going on, Bruce? Hi, guys. Good morning. Love morning. the show. Thank Thanks. you. Um, Apple, um, again, iPhone. You take a picture and you send it to your Outlook and your desktop version of it, and it shows up embedded instead of as a JPEG. And it used to be a JPEG, so you can just grab it and throw it in your files. And now you always have to save as and try to, you know, put it someplace temporarily in order for you to put it into your file for real. Yes, this is a similar problem with Google. They seem to send just, they don't actually send the whole picture. It's like a thumbnail of the picture, and if you want it, you have to download it. I think this is a feature, all right? Um, it's how they kind of keep the, uh, probably keep the uh, the bandwidth down as you're moving these pictures around. And so they probably are saving you some data, even though you might be on our unlimited data program. But when you when you send the file, it's just a link. Um, and then if you really want it, you have to go through those those hoops. Um, and I, again, I think it's a feature. Uh, does that make sense, Bob? Yes, actually. <laughs> yeah, so, I, iPhone has some ways of getting around it. It doesn't work. You follow some settings you see on Apple. Right. It doesn't. So I don't know if it's an Apple problem or is it a it's receiving it's, it. It's a control problem. So again, it, Google, Google the same thing, right? They want you to work within their ecosphere, right? So uh, they'll send the picture, but they won't really send it. Um, you'll have to actually in the Android world. Again, I'm not an Apple guy. If I want to get access to that picture, I have to click the download button. Like if like somebody texts me a picture or emails me a picture, I have to actually click a download so that I actually get the physical picture. Otherwise, it's kind of just a link. Um, to the picture and not the actual picture. Um, again, I think I think they're trying to help us with bandwidth, um, but they also want to make sure you stay within their ecosphere. So, yeah, picture files are usually very huge. Right. So they're trying to save, like Eric said, save bandwidth. I think so. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, and the workaround you're talking about, what were you trying to do to work around it? So when it shows up on my desktop in Outlook, I uh, it's, I see it. You know, it's huge. You know, it's a big picture. So I save as. Yeah. Throw it in enough, and then have to go to my files and throw up my pictures and do one at a time. I usually send four or five, six pictures at a time. Right. So it's just slow. It's it's you know there's a it's, yeah. You know, I used to be able to grab them, throw them right in. And about a year, year and a half ago, they changed the um, package and it changed the software. It's how you share it too. So again, within the Android world, you had that little that little greater than sign, and uh, you go ahead and share it with whatever yeah. tool you want to share it with, whether it's a text, whether it's an email. Um, within the Apple world, I'm not sure how you do that. There, you're right. You're embedding it. Embedding it sounds like into the actual email itself. You should be able to send it as an attachment or link, um, but you have not had luck with that. You're saying? Yeah, you know, I've gone. I tried. Yeah, it, it does not do that. Correct. Yeah. So I think they want it to stay within the ecosphere of Apple. Um, but we can do some research too to see if there's any any uh, any information that we could offer right. you. Being that we're not Apple users, I ha I don't have any experience okay. with that. But yeah, when you might. go when you go to um, your cloud, Apple Cloud, you know, you know, all that business, you can see it there too. It's still a thumbnail, so it's still not big enough for you to just to take it and drag it across. So exactly, you're right. They don't. They, you can't use it unless you um, or pay for their um, you know storage and all that business. Well, exactly. I mean, if you yeah. even recall when 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 we started taking pictures on our cell phones, Verizon and those guys wanted to own the pictures as well. Um, they made it really difficult to take your pictures off your phone. And, and then Apple and Google and those guys realized, hmm, we got something here. Um, 
So I, I think that's part of the issue. You could also think of a different way to move your pictures around. You could always connect your phone to your computer, right, physically. Yeah. And you should be able to you should be able to export or, or even navigate to the drive, the camera drive, the camera folder of your device and copy the pictures that way rather than send them via email or text. So I've tried that as well, and the same problem. It, it's not a full picture. You still got to do a, a step in between to download the full picture. If not, it always wants you to have the thumbnail. You have to download it, but even though it's on your phone, yeah, they're telling yeah. you to download it. Right, right. Oh, yeah, I got to download it. Yeah. When I plug my phone into the computer and try to download it, I have to, again, download it and then do something with it. But download it from the cloud or from the, from the phone? No, from the phone. From okay, the phone. that's better. Okay. Yeah. When I think download, I think from the cloud. Okay. Yeah, no, well, that does make sense. To move it from, from one device to another, you would have to, quote, unquote, download it to the device you want to look at, use it on. So, so yeah. that makes that does make perfect sense, and that would be the fastest way to do it because if you're physically connected, it should move very quickly. We'll try to find some instructions for folks as to how to manipulate uh, uh, pictures within i iPhones. Yeah. Um, yeah, even when I go to 365 Live, you know, and that version instead of the, the desktop Outlook, it um, it's embedded as well. So yeah, that sounds like um, it's something weird yeah. going on there as far as forcing the embeddedness. You should be able to attach it, not in. It shouldn't be embedded. I bet you that's a checkbox or something silly. Um, maybe there's a listener out there that can help us, too, with what, what uh, Bruce is going through as far as his pictures, how to attach them rather than embed them exactly. into the emails is where your, your question lies. And I haven't, Have you found anything, Bob? Well, I just uh, I don't know. I just navigate to it like a drive when I connect it to my computer. I've got an right. iPhone, and I just drag them over. I didn't drag them over. I did actually a cut and paste. Right, so you downloaded yeah. them the way Bruce was talking, right, Bruce? So he did it through email, or he did it through a. The he just did it through a drive mapping. Yeah, I just mapping. connected uh, my my uh, wire, my charging wire, if you will, to your yeah. computer, to to my computer, the USB port, and navigated to the uh, you know iPhone drive. Right, and uh, so, you know, did you open them up yet? Yeah, he's looking yeah, right at I'm, I'm looking at him. Okay. He's an iPhone user. The pictures aren't, weren't the best quality when I did that too. Um, Maybe I have to check. You might be actually looking at either either the thumbnail of it versus the full picture. Bob's bringing up. Bob takes a lot of pictures of the work that that he does for our clients. So yeah, he's doing this all the time. Um, No, I think that's that will work very easily for you if you just navigate it, navigate to the actual drive letter of the iPhone, and then bring up Outlook, attach the file, right, and then you're all set. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be an embedded file that way. It'd be attached. Sounds good. Maybe um, if you don't mind, if you could just repeat this on your website for a minute, and I'll. Yeah, yeah. We'll put, we'll put some links as to how to attach photos to email. Um, we'll get we'll find some instructions for that for you, Bruce. Perfect. All right. Excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we can help you with it. Anyhow. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome very much. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye bye. So feel free to get online, guys. We're going to be here till eleven o'clock. I want to tell you a quick story. So a very very good friend of mine, working from home with COVID, right? Uh, so. She's got to do her work from home, and on, on, she's just got this headset that was hardwired, and she asked her company, which is, believe it or not, Fortune 50, uh, hey, can you give me a, a wireless headphone? And so they did. They sent the wireless headphone down, and, of course, what happens is a weird echo when she talks using Teams or uh, when, when, whatever she uses for some of the communication software at her work, this crazy echo in her ear. And she spent... Two plus hours. Now, this is a a company approved headset sent to her her, her computer, um, 
and she spent two and a half hours with their internal IT support to try to fix this echo. And she told me that. So I'm not going to waste my time. If you got a Fortune 50 IT department working on an issue, you're going to assume they did whatever they could. Well, months go by, and after months of complaining and whining from this, my, this good friend of mine, um, I took a look at it. I fixed it in five minutes. <laughs> now, I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back, uh, but you wouldn't believe the pain she went through to try to deal with the IT department. But all it was was a volume setting. Um, on her device. My point being, IT is difficult when you're not there and dealing with it. So uh, you know, give your give your help desk support whatever with whatever company you're working with a little bit of a break. I'm not saying you know that they were trying to pat myself on the back. I had the benefit of a listening to her whine for a long time, and b being able to help because I actually could see the system. Um, whereas remote help support doesn't necessarily all this, always see it. So keep that in mind when you're dealing with your IT folks. They are definitely overburdened these days, uh, and uh, you know, give, them, give them some love. We're going to step out for a quick break, get back to your calls. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. And we're back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. we got one line open for you. Feel free to get online on this lovely Saturday morning in May, 1-800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Ironically, we had our first call from Clark in Idaho uh, to start the show, which is kind of great and cool at the same time. Um, now we're going to go more local. We're going to go to Sal first in Enfield. What's going on, Sal? You got something going on cooking? Good morning. Morning. Hey, look at a oh, long time call. You guys are great. I'm Thanks. still not. I'm still not a computer nerd, but I, I've learned a lot from you guys. Awesome. So, I know you guys are huge on fiber. Yes. And I know go net speed is a big thing, and I I even try to get something going in my neck of the woods. But Good. here's the thing. So about a month ago, I saw all these trucks around my town over here, and it said something about fiber on it. Well, the next thing you know, I get a thing from Frontier. Mm -hmm. Fiber is here. So I'm just wondering, okay, so my wife and I, we have we have two cell phones. You know, we pay, you know, it's AT&T, and, you know, we're paying like $160 a month. For two and cell phones? Yes. Wow. My, my, my wife and I pay less than 50 bucks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll remember that. We, right, use, so we use Google Fi, but go ahead. Okay, so then we have our internet and landline, and we're we're paying like uh, $90 for that, okay? That's not too bad. All right, so now fiber yeah. comes in from Frontier. Yep. $59.99 a month, 500 megabytes. The internet wow. and it says for 12 months you get you know the charges charges actual speeds may vary right is this the same type of stuff that you guys are talking about I mean, okay so technically it's the same type of technology right, right. it's fiber yeah um, the the biggest difference though is that go speed guarantees their price for life with no data caps right okay. so these introductory offers that are being made are that's great i mean i'm glad it's coming to your town but uh how much is that going to go up in 12 months are you going to be back to 150 200 bucks who knows what it's going to be uh you by the way you don't even need that much much bandwidth you only need 150 megabits um for what if it's just you and your wife and even that's more than you need okay. um so what happens is they sell you as much 
bandwidth as they can, as much broadband area you're not going to use as they can for a cheap price, and then they're going to crank it up on you, I suspect. Okay. Um, if they could confirm or pledge to keep the price flat for your lifetime, yeah. which you should ask, hey, you know, GoNetSpeed's offering this. Can you guys guarantee this price for life with no data caps? And Well, then it would be the same, okay. but I'm not going to think they're going to do that. Okay. <laughs> I got one other question. All right, so I have a, a, a lacy hard drive. Yep. That's a, probably about 10 years old. Do these things go get old, and should I look into something new? Or I just wonder what the lifespan is on these things here. Great question. So um, basically anything you buy technology-wise is obsolete the moment you purchase it. Huh. If you've had it for 10 years, you're on borrowed time. Is it a backup, or is it got primary data? Uh, geez, I don't, I don't, I don't know. All I know is it's a lacy, and you know, it's it's got my files and pictures and stuff out there. Yeah, but is that lacy? Is that is that lacy drive being backed up, or is it the is it where the only spot where that data exists? I don't even know. I, again, it's like I I don't know. How do you tell that? I mean, well, do you have a, do you have another device that you've purchased that you occasionally back up your important data from the lacy drive to? Well, this, I take it from my computer to the Lacey Drive, and, you know, like, if, if I went out and uh, do the about my, my Mac, it says that, you know, I got my Lacey, and it's just about, I got only 95 gigabytes available for one terabyte. Okay, so then there is a copy of, you're saying then there's a copy of your data that exists on the Mac primarily, and the Lacey is the backup? Right. Ah, okay. Just want to make sure I understood. Yeah. So I would tell you you've gotten a good ten year run okay. out of that drive. It, you know, it could fail tomorrow, or it could not fail for another ten years. Is all it's it's electronics. Okay. Um, I would tell you to consider buying a second uh, piece of media. And Lacy makes a great drive, uh, but there's others out there. West Western Digital Seagate. I mean, what do you recommend, Bob? Similar type of technologies. Yeah, any of those. Any, yeah. So okay. any external hard drive. Go out and get one. Plug it in, perform the backup. Are you using the um, time? Is it Time Machine from uh, yeah. uh, Apple? Yeah. If you're using that, good. So put the Lacy aside. Buy the new one. Yeah. Do a do a backup. The new ones are going to be a lot smaller and have more capacity. That's true, yeah. and it might be faster if you get solid state. All right. So definitely right, do it. You never know, Sal. All right. I thank you very much for your show. You guys are great. Thank you but, very much. My pleasure. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC are the numbers. Our Facebook live stream is working, so Microsoft's update in the background must have finally finished. Thanks, Microsoft. We appreciate it. Um, and we are broadcasting uh, over at uh, WTIC's Facebook page. Everything we've talked about is posted live by Mike G over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. And if you like Tab Computer Systems on Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg deems the news worthy and you're not in Australia, you might get the news in your news feed. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.